0: Our desperate need is not to have people affirm and confirm what's on our heart and what we naturally see and what we feel, but what we desperately need is to see, to hear from Father's perspective. We need to move beyond opinions and preferences. This world is being swayed and run by and even destroyed in many places because of what people feel and what people think. And while under under scoring, under girding what Pastor Tark said, and by no means correcting him, but just he will appreciate this. As I'm not correcting him, so understand what I'm saying here. But even on the Friday night thing, this whole thing of you know may, might have other things on and. You know, you might want to sacrifice to come. I just want to really bring Father's perspective on that. You're not sacrificing. If you come, you're actually doing what Father wants you to do. We've got to shift our language. We sometimes think if I come to a meeting, I'm doing God a favor. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I'll hear from heaven. I'll heal your land. But we're not having people pray. And we've got this mentality that we're sacrificing. People say, man, thank you so much for giving up your time and traveling around the world. I'm not giving up my time because I don't own my time. I don't have time. God has time. My time, my days are in His hands. He created time. we got to get our language and our thoughts right. Not my will is yours be done. It's not what I want to do. It's what, Father, what do you want to do? And He says, if my people who are called by my, My name will humble themselves and pray you're not doing me a favor. You're not even doing your nation a favor. You're actually stepping into partnership, agreement, alignment with Father's purposes. He wants to heal this nation. He wants to pour out His Spirit. But He's looking for some people to get on His page. He doesn't want you to invite Him onto your page. He wants us to get on His page. It's time for us to move from self-centered Christianity, which is actually not possible. It's a watered-down version of Father's reality. Well, God is for the super saints, it's for the I just feel I just want to kick something in the spirit. So don't get too close. Because I just I'm just seeing the spirit round the lies. They've been placed over so many. I don't want to get too fanatical. I don't want to get too radical. I don't want to get this. People think I'm weird. We have settled for far less than what Father intended. And we suffer the consequence and live with the consequence and then blame God for why He didn't. If my people, if my people, do you notice the language of the scripture? If my people, 1 Corinthians 6 19 says, do you not know that you're the dwelling place, the habitation, the temple, the home of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, who you receive with God? Listen, listen, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. You don't belong to you. This whole thing again, this is how subtle this creeps into even Christianity. Our whole thing is we want to help people discover what they want to do. And we want to take people that are hopeless and not doing anything. Come on, you can do anything you want. Come on, you can achieve greatness. You can do this. You can do that. Whatever you want to do, you can do it. It sounds wonderful. And we want to move people from complacency, but it's not biblical. We are setting people up to pursue whatever they want to do. And God says you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. It's not about what you want to do. It's what you are created. Do you not know that the plans I have for you, it's not about your plans. It's not about you succeeding and your plans is not about you accomplishing what you want. The plans, I have prepared some good works in advance for you to do. I don't want you to do good works. I want you to do my good works. If my people, you don't even belong to you, you belong to me. I will build my church. It's not your church. It doesn't belong to you. My house will be a house of prayer. It's not your house. It's my house, says God. We got to get back on God's page. And it's God's page. It's not our page. in the spirit some of you feeling a little bit confronted and I don't apologize and already this is so different to first because God knows who's here and God knows what needs to be said and sometimes if we're not careful we've taken the path of least resistance we've taken the it's all about love, grace and mercy it's all come on God just wants you to feel good again I don't see it in my Bible because I, I, I know that there's valley of shadows of death that we walk through, whether you're walking with God or not. You want to be my disciple? Okay, deny yourself. Right? Can we move past that? Can we just go to the blessing? Can we go to the favor? Can we go to the, no, no, deny yourself. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. You don't belong to you anymore. If I'm confronting something in your spirit, because, see, we live in an age of entitlement, and it's crept into many Christians' lives. Don't tell me what to do, Steve. Don't confront me like, don't do that. Yet, we've settled for less than my Father has said. We've, we've settled for the entitlement that's crept in. I don't want to. I don't come to prayer meeting. That's my Friday night. It's my, fr- hmm. it's my Friday night. No, it's not. It's God's. Hang on, Steve. You shouldn't be pushing people, pressuring people into coming to prayer meeting. I'm not doing that. I'm just speaking what God's doing in my heart. And if God needs to jump in front of you and slap you around then so be it. I get on a plane it's all good. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be offensive. I, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously not I'm, I, God forbid I, I'm just not wanting to do that. I didn't intend to get up and say anything that I'm saying right now. But I'm I'm, I'm sorry I'm not going to be anything but biblical. I'm not going to be anything but God everything is not enough my all is insufficient doing three meetings in the morning back to back is not a big ask for a savior who died naked and bleeding abused and broken by the humanity he created for love seriously we got to compare and measure right come on god deserves our all church God deserves our all. God deserves them all. I just feel the Spirit of the Lord saying right now, that some of us, God is saying positionally, I need you to move places. And this is positionally. Don't, don't get what I'm not saying here. But I'm just passing on what Father's saying. Next week when you come to church, some of you positionally need to move forward some rows and some seats. It's got nothing to do with row or seats to do with your heart. Some of us are, I've come to church, this is what I do. I like it a bit, but we need to take a step forward towards God. Step forward towards God's purposes. And I, that's why I said, don't get what I'm not saying. I'm not saying the people that further in the back are less godly than the people in the front, the people in the balcony are less. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. You get the most godly person sitting up there. They don't need to move. But you can also have people that have a posture of, I, I don't want to get to. I want to be a Christian. I want to be saved. I, want, I don't want to go to hell. I, I, I want God to bless me. But I've got plans, and I hope he doesn't mess them up. if God doesn't mess up your plans I question if we're on the right, in the right lane he's messed up my plans many times but then again that's an oxymoron because do you not know the plans I have for you says the Lord while you're just still leaning in your posture because I, I, I can see that I'm not going to give you a suitable time to sit down so just sit down but can you stay I'm standing you can stand I was walking in as in Adelaide. You might be thinking, who is this guy? He hasn't even said hello. You don't need to know about me. You need to know about God. And I was walking in Adelaide in a ministry trip back in January. And I was so bubbling over with what Father had given me to share. And I was walking down the street, literally, probably looking a little bit crazy because I was so excited about what I was going to bring to the church. And I, this is the conversation that happened word for word. I said, God, you can interrupt any time you want and say anything you want this morning. And it's clear as about God said, if I'm leading, it's not interrupting. Some of you haven't got that yet. I'm here. I'm here to download what you've given me. I'm, I'm here to do this. I'm here to do that. Feel free to interrupt. Hang on. I haven't said a single thing I intended to say this morning. And it. I can use the wrong language. God's interrupting me. No, God's leading. God's leading. God's leading. God wants to lead. Amen. Father, we love you. We love you. We love you. I... Don't know why Father's wanting to push some of your buttons. I have no idea. But He said to tell them to stand. So stand. Lift up your hands if you're hungry to God right now in this place. But I just sat down. Come on, seriously. God, we're hungry. We're hungry. We're hungry. We're not satisfied with a form of godliness, denying the power thereof, Lord. But we. We want to walk in that resurrection, Holy Ghost, ascended, glorified. Lord, open heaven that is available for men and women that say, not my will, but yours be done. Lord, I give you all. I give you all. And it's not a one-off, but God, is moment by moment, it's ongoing, God. It's, Lord, I give you all. And today in this place, Lord, even before we bring the Word, we give you all again. We give you all, Lord. For some of us, God, we give you all fear and all worry and all anxiety. We give you all oppression and all heaviness, oh God. For some of us, it's all relationships, oh God. We give it to you, oh God. We give to you, Lord, our challenges, our financial, our emotional, our physical oh God Lord every ache and pain Lord we give it to you oh God in Jesus name for some of us Lord we give you every plan and every purpose every desire every passion oh God every pursuit oh God we give it to you we lay it down we lay it down at the foot of the cross and we say God we give it all we give it all we give it all and from that place of abandonment emptiness we say, Lord, would you make it clear what you want us to pick up, when you want us to pick it up, how you want us to pick it up? And may we be ones that not only are alive by the Spirit, but we keep in step with the Spirit. May we be men and women in a church and families that understand the seasons of God. And don't misdiagnose those seasons because you're an incredibly good father. So, Father, I'm asking that you help me to just download whatever is on your heart. Huh. May we hear what your spirit is saying. God, would people respond to you today and not react? Lord, may any uncomfortable feeling be an opportunity to say, Father, what are you saying? What are you saying? I want to place my hand in your hand and I want to walk. Almighty oh, God, have Your way. We pray. In Jesus, wonderful name. Amen. 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 You may be seated this time, and I'm even going to release you because that might. Thank you, sir. You just seriously open heaven. You know your musicians and singers and worshipers, worship leaders, and they're all worship leaders. Do the most incredible job in this church. Such a pleasure, such an honor to be with you. I love God. Is that okay? I love Him. I love Him so much. I want to download something I feel God has said many things to you as a church, and I just feel that He wants to shift something to help us to fulfill what He has started, what He has authored, what He has birthed. Amen. I'm talking about my plans, your plans. I'm talking about Father's plans. Everyone say Father's plans. And so on, and to get into this and just let it flow a little bit this morning. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. And then your King James says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Would you say trust in the Lord? Come on, say it again. Talk to me, church. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. There's a difference between believing in God and believing God. Believing in God is simple in, in, in some ways, but is a, that, that's not the end, that's the doorway into actually believing him. That he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he will change his mind. He is trustworthy, can I hear an amen? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. When you pray for the sick and they do not recover, trust in the Lord with all your heart. When your children are far away from God and you've been praying for years, trust in the Lord with all your heart. When you've been praying for acceleration and growth in a church meeting, and the numbers are declining. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. When God says tenfold in ten years, and we're saying, how is that possible? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then it gives the other side of the same uh, um, the same point that Father is making. Do not lean on your own understanding. You cannot trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your own understanding at the same time. And I fear that in the body of Christ, we are leaning so much on our own understanding, what we naturally see. And God says, I need to lift you from what you naturally see to what I'm actually doing because sometimes what we see that God is doing or see that God is not doing is actually not evidence that he is doing something or not doing something we're just actually relying leaning on our own understanding if I can understand it I can accept it and God says I need you to trust in me and not lean on your own understanding that word lean means to uh, rely upon yourself Huh? that's powerful how much do we rely upon ourselves? Come on, if I can just preach good enough, if I can lead good enough, if I can pray good enough, if I can read the Bible good enough, if I can say the right thing to this person, if I can apply for this amount of jobs, or if I could, if I could, if I could, if I could, and God says, I need you to not rely on yourself. Don't lean on your own understanding. You can't. Maybe some of us right now should just say, I can't. Maybe we need to say that again to ourselves, I can't. I can't, I can't, but God can. I can't, but God can. I can't, but God can. You know what? I can't heal a single person, but God can. Come on. I can't prophesy, I speak life over someone uh, in and of myself, but God can. I need to trust in the Lord with all my heart and do not lean on my own understanding. And the, the overriding thing that Father just wants to download in this place this morning is, uh, and that is about uh, trusting that God is doing something when we don't see something trusting that God's timing is right even though we think God's timing should be differently come on just get in your own world for a moment God is speaking some things personally some things corporately we know that God has said something and then disillusionment discouragement disappointment sets in because God said this and this is not happening anyone ever been there come on don't be just weird in church today sometimes we can say you know God's still good but it hasn't happened and if we're not careful and disillusionment, discouragement can, can creep in. And I, I just need to speak in this today for, for a few moments because God spoke this into my heart that there have been both corporately but also individually, there have been some things that God has said. <laughs> Everyone say God has said. There have been some things that God has said and they have not happened. How Father said they would be From our natural perception, the timing, the way it looks is not how we thought it would be. Anyone ever been there? Come on. I've been there plenty of times and God wants to come and he actually wants to take that which seems to be a negative and turn it into a positive today. He wants to come and actually say that that which you think is almost like, oh, it's the end. It's causing me to step back. God says, I want you to see that it's an open door to step forward. Because this is what God said to me, the phrase that he gave to me back in Australia, he said, there are some things that God has said that have not happened how we thought they would not have happened in the timing and disillusionment has got in. And on the surface, that's a negative thing. Disillusionment is a sense of being discouraged because something hasn't happened, as God said. Have you had that in your family ever? Have you had that in your health? Have you had that in your finances? Have you had that with your kids, with your parents, relationships? Come on, I've had it. I've had a sense of, hang on, God, you said, and it hasn't happened the way, oh, it hasn't happened and disillusionment gets in and although on the surface it's a negative thing it's actually a doorway into what father wants to do let me try to break this down see discouragement is is oh god mm, mm be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Discouragement is the absence or removal of your courage. Discouraged to remove your courage. And the enemy comes to discourage God's people based on what we see naturally. Oh, they said, pray the hands on the sick and they shall recover. I've laid hands on the sick. They haven't recovered. I'm discouraged. And we, and, and we, we, God, that takes away our courage. But then it goes to another level, disappointment, disappointment. And we think that's just a feeling. I'm disappointed because i prayed and they didn't get healed. But what happens is if that feeling allows to take root and we actually start to govern what God is doing and what God is not doing by what we see, it's not just disappointment, I have a feeling of disappointment, but actually our sense of appointment, this removal of appointment, our appointment is removed. If we're not careful a feeling will actually cause us to step back, not step in. The world is filled of believers that used to believe and have stepped back because what God said and what they saw did not match. And God needs to lift us and shift us from natural side to spiritual side, because the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that we do not see. Faith is the evidence of what we do not see. God says, when you don't see it, I'm still doing something. Stop saying I'm not doing something. You actually need to start to see what I'm doing. You might say, it's taken a long time. Come on. Oh, I I called Joseph into a place of leadership. I called him into a place of greatness. And then he went through all these things that he could have said, hang on, where is God? God, this is... Is not what God did. Come on, I haven't done anything wrong. I got the call to leadership. God gave me a dream. God gave me a vision. God has called me and now I'm in pit. Now I'm in prison. Now I'm in Potiphar's house. Now I'm falsely accused of rape. But he got to the end of that time in Genesis 45 and it says, you sold me, but God Almighty sent me. I know that in the natural I went through years where it seems that what God said didn't happen, but God was positioning me and God was moving me me, and God was setting me up for such a time as this. Esther was taken from her family and placed in a position where she actually ended up saving her race. But it's based on what we do not see. We say the steps of a good person are ordered by God until we don't see it. It says that in everything God is working for the good of those who love him. And I want to... God... This word disillusionment, because God dropped it in my spirit so clear for you guys, and I don't think I've ever spoken on that, but it's, again, of disappointment. The enemy's plan is to remove our sense of appointment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many... Times of people been in place of leadership and they've got hurt. They got disappointed. Listen to what I'm saying. Please, I beg you, listen to what I'm saying. Based on what they saw, what they actually did, what they actually didn't do, what, what actually happened and what they saw naturally, they end up stepping back from that because of what they felt. But notice it didn't just result in a feeling and they fulfilled the purpose of God. They stepped away from the purpose of God because of what they felt. Disappointment is not a feeling of sadness. Disappointment is the removal of your sense of appointment. But disillusionment is a different thing. Although it manifests as a feeling of disappointment, you need to understand what God wants to say to you today. It's an incredible invitation. See, this is the absence or removal. This illusion, what is an illusion? An illusion is seeing something different to what it actually is. Something that appears real, but it's False. So this is why disillusionment, when you get to the point of disillusionment, man, I thought this was going to happen. It didn't happen. I thought God was going to do this. It didn't happen. I need, I need, I beg you to listen with your spirit right now. We, we so often, if it's disappointment, we step back in our sense of appointment, but God sometimes gets us to that place. where We go, God, you said this and it hasn't happened. Sometimes that's actually where God wants us to be because then he says, now can I remove the illusion? You, I said something and you have then grabbed what I said, run ahead and say, okay, God's going to do this, 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 this. And God says, I need to remove the way you thought it would look. Oh, you're seeing naturally they're still in a wheelchair, but I am doing something in you as you press into prayer. I'm doing something in them and their confidence is in me, not on their healing. I am doing something, says God. I need to remove the illusion that I'm not doing anything. Tenfold in 10 years, tenfold in 10 years, tenfold in 10 years. I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. Church Unlimited, tenfold in 10 years. Oh, but God, we're not seeing, we're not seeing. I am doing something, says the Lord, and I will bring it to pass. But I need a bunch of people, a group of people, oh, a, oh, a standard of people that say we're not going to be basing what we do on what we see, but on what God says. God, open your eyes to see. Jeremiah 1. 11 and 12, are you doing okay? Almost getting to a point of excitement. When I get to heaven, man, I'm going to be able to go all day. So good. Someone says, when he gets to heaven, God, don't give him a microphone. (laughs) Won't need one. I just feel Jeremiah 1, 11 and 12. Oh, good. I just, mm, God is good. Okay, focus, Steve. Uh, Jeremiah 1, 11 and 12. Let me just give you a quick background to the story. It's quite incredible. Jeremiah uh, is, a, is a man, and in, 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 back in about verse four, God comes to him and says, oh, I've called you to be a prophet to the nations. Has God ever declared something over your life? That's You go, what? Come on, as a church, as a person, Some of us have read our Bible and known what the Bible says. I'm the righteousness of God, and I'm more than a conqueror. We read these things. Come on. We read these things that the Bible declares about us, that God has declared about us, that God has declared about a church. And God came and said, you're a prophet. I've called you as a prophet to the nations, um, and this is what I am. And Jeremiah's response is probably the same as many of us. Uh, I'm just a child. I don't know what to say. And so many times we disqualify ourselves from what God has qualified us for. And he started with the natural, I know who I am, I know what I see, I know what I feel, I can't do it, natural side. And this is what God said to him, and I want to speak into your spirit. God said to him, do not say that anymore. I have called you to go wherever I tell you to go, to say whatever I told you to say. And then the Lord reached out his hand and he touched Jeremiah's mouth and God placed his words in Jeremiah's mouth. And he said, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms. This is incredible. So what we see here is God call, the man of God say, I see this, it can't happen. And God said, we got to shift your sight here. We got to shift from what you see about yourself and what you see naturally because that ain't going to get you to my intention. I need you to hear me church, church unlimited. I need to shift your sight. And then he says, I have placed my words in your mouth and I'm going to do something. And then we get to Jeremiah. One eleven, and the, the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, and said, "What do you see?" What he is actually saying is not, "What do you see?" But how are you seen? Are you still looking at the natural? Are you still disqualifying yourself? Are you still saying, "Why God can't use you, and why can't God can't do this?" Or are you seeing differently? What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? And he and he says, "I see the branch of an almond tree." And this is not because he is standing in front of an almond tree, but this is the the symbolism that. Father Had dropped into his mind by his spirit, and then God says in verse 12, You have seen correctly. See, you were looking through natural sight, the evidence of what you see, but I need you to look at the evidence of what you do not see. You might be one who says, I can't because I stutter and I fall and I stumble. And God says, No more are we gonna look through natural lens, we're gonna look through a spiritual lens. What do you see? And He says, I see correctly. God said, You see correctly now. See, you've shifted from natural sight to spiritual sight. And then he said this, and I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. See, God's plans for Jeremiah was to be a prophet. And Jeremiah could not fulfill Father's plans for his life and the nations that he was to speak into as long as he looked at the natural sights of what he saw and he thought but it can't happen because of me you need to hear what i'm saying and god said that's an illusion Oh, that's, I, I need you to get disillusioned. I need to remove the illusion. You feel I can't, I can't, disencourage, disillusioned. And God said, great, you're at a place now that I can actually shift your sight from natural to spiritual. Oh, they might not get out of their wheelchair, but rather than get disillusioned feeling, we're gonna step back and say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing in people's lives? What are you doing right now? For this church to step into Father's fullness and you are just running. Ronnie and I pray you come along tonight Uh, I feel that father's given me three things he wants me to download it's not a different message it's just the prophetic thing but the first thing is changed instructions what do we do with God says one thing and it seems like he changed instructions what is going on change instructions I want to talk about accelerated growth and something father showed me that was so insightful for you as a church and then there's another thing which you'll have to come along to hear what that is but I pray that you will come to that because there's a God has a plan. And in this nation, God desperately wants to fulfill his plan. In the nations of the world, God is desperately wanting to fulfill his plan. And he says, Steve, it's going to happen through those that refuse to any longer live, ruled, governed by natural sight, but those that live by spiritual sight. When numbers go down, there's not evidence of anything but the fact that numbers go down. God, what are you saying? What are you doing? Jesus was the most blessed person on the planet. He had many, many, many followers. Many followers. He started preaching. He said he started to say some hard sayings and many left him. Numbers going down. Ended up with 12. One of them betrayed him to death, committed suicide. Another one denied him, swore, I never know you. And two others were fighting, who's the greatest in the kingdom at his most important hour at the time of his death? No one. If we judge by what we see, we would conclude at that moment, God's plan failed. But God says, no, I'm still doing something. I need you to see. See, they expected Jesus to come back with military power. This is what we we want. Hang on, this is not how we thought it would be, the Messiah, the King. But God was doing something spiritual when people were looking for something natural. And God is looking for us to be a people in every situation. I can't overemphasize this enough. I I can't make this more clear and simple than this statement. In your life and in this church, Father is looking for a people that will move, stubbornly refuse to live and measure by natural sight when it comes to people, God's promises, God's plan, the difficulties in our life that we say, God, no more. Faith is evidence of what I do not see. So I want to speak back from natural sight. I want to see correctly. Because if I see correctly, you will fulfill what I'm seeing. I just want to, as we head towards a close here, and praise the name of the Lord. 2 Kings, and I'm just going to summarize this. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8 to 23. And I'm going to summarize it. Feel free if you want to flick through it on the screen. But you got the king of Aram, and he's fighting with Israel. And what happens in this story is Elisha, the man of God, the prophet of God, God keeps on telling him, The bad king's plans is a really cool story. And so what happens is when God reveals Elisha, Elisha goes to the king of Israel and says, hey, don't go there because that's where they're going to come and get you. And after this happened a few times, the king of Aram got to a point where he was so frustrated. He said to all his people, okay, which one of you is betraying me? Which one of you is on his side? And they said, none of us. It's not us. It's actually the man of God, Elisha. He hears what you're saying in your bedroom and goes and tells it to the king. How many people know that God's quite amazing at what he can do? Come on, don't think that the enemy is, uh, God is... God is all seen, all known. Come on, he can speak into a situation and shape, shift something. He can do anything he wants. And we come to that point. He goes, okay, great. Where is this man of God? And they said, he's in Dothan. And so what happens is he goes, let's get a great army together and let's go to the city of Dothan. Let's surround it and let's destroy this man of God. Are you with me? This is the context. And then we come to this part where in the morning, uh, Dothan, uh, sorry, Elisha's servant wakes up, he looks outside and when the servant of the man of God, I, I hope you guys can find this, is got up He went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. How many people know this was a reality? This was actually happening. No good saying it wasn't there, it was there. Oh, please let me speak in your spirit. It is not faith to say that the facts aren't there, but it is a different thing to say whether the facts will rule or faith. Faith would rule what God declares will rule, or the facts and the reality will rule. It's not that we have to say it's not there, I'm not seeking. No, 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 no. They were there. He got up. He said, Oh, no, Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. And the prophet answered, Don't be afraid. Aren't you? Don't you love it when you get that sort of advice? Just don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't you want to slap people sometimes? Come on. I was listening to the word just even yesterday, just, just, I'm constantly in the word, but. Just having a revelation of how many times Old and New Testament God says, don't be afraid, don't fear, come on. I'm giving you a spirit of fear. Come on, don't be anxious, don't worry. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be terrified. I'm with you, come on. Even if you walk through the valley, I'm with you. If you go to the far side of the sea, I'm with you. I'm with you always. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Don't fear, don't fear, don't fear fear. because greater is the one living in you than the enemy living in the world. It's easy to say, it's difficult to live. But this man of God said, I'm seeing an army. What should we do? There's two of us. There's lots of them. And the man of God said, don't be afraid. Let's let's just start there. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Naturally, is this true? Come on. Not true. Two of them in an army. And Elisha prayed. See, the man of God looked and just started to freak out. The man of God, let's pray. Let's pray. And he prayed this, open his eyes, Lord, so that he might see. I went to the servant of the man of God and said, what do you mean? So that I might see. You need your eyes open so that you can see. Look, they're there. Come on. Are you getting the importance of this? Open his eyes that he might see and he looked and he saw he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. There were two realities. There was the armies that were there and could be naturally seen, and they were there, and he rightfully said, what shall we do? When you see things, you can ask, what shall we do? But how about we be people that go to prayer and say, God, open our eyes to see what we need to see, not what we naturally see, but what you need to see us spiritually in our children, in our families, in our finances, in our church with the prophetic words spoken we might not see what you are doing so open our eyes we want to see hmm as I close and maybe keep looking come back this is what I feel father says to church unlimited that he wants to remove all illusions disillusion remove all illusions of how we thought God would do what God said he would do father wants us to overcome our gravitational pull towards living by natural sight here's the thing about natural sight and spiritual sight as we are just being honest in church today natural sight you don't have to look for it anyone ever discovered that are you trying really hard to see the natural world? Or is it everywhere? It's everywhere. There's the five senses, there's everything going on. But the spiritual realm and world existed before the natural. And you know what? I just feel God saying, you know what? It, it, it's just as real, it actually is more eternal. And it's just as accessible, but it comes to those that are hungry and thirsty. Those that say, God, I know what I see, but what do you need me to see right now? I know that this should be happening by how I measure it, but God, what are you doing? And when I don't understand, and even in the absence of clear spiritual sight, I will not lean on my own understanding, but I will trust in the Lord with all my heart. In some ways, they say it's blind faith. In some ways, that's accurate, isn't it, church? We don't see naturally. But it's substance and evidence and faith. Faith is not airy-fairy. There's substance. There's evidence to it. But it works on a different dimension father wants us just to pray and ask him god open my eyes to see with spiritual sight what you're saying what you're doing as we close even now i wonder if you stand with me as we pray and whoever's leading just head back up and I mentioned some other things in the first, and you can grab the recording of that. I mentioned some things about some staff changes. I mentioned some things about sabbatical and some other specific words. I encourage you to get that. But again, we need to view it through spiritual eyes, not natural eyes. What's God saying? So I encourage you to listen to that. And tonight I pray that you come and let's lean into this whole thing of when God changes instructions. and this whole thing of accelerated growth and what does that mean for us because there's some things we need to hear from Father otherwise we will misdiagnose what Father is doing I pray you're empowered by that so Father just open our eyes to see open our ears to hear Lord as we run into the fullness let us never default to measuring you and what you're doing by what we naturally see Just anoint our eyes. Just why don't you lay hands on your eyes right now and just, Father, I want to see what you want me to see. Come on, church. Father, I want to see what you want me to see. I know the situation's there. I know that situation's there, God, but all this time I've been discouraged. I've been disappointed. I've even been disillusioned by just the lack of what you've been doing. But, Lord today remove that illusion help me to see that you are doing something you are doing something Father I bless your people in the name of Jesus Christ thank you Father as Pastor Tark comes I just want to commend to you I write a daily devotion called Believing in You and I just Father say encourage people every day for the rest of my world and in a world of many negative critical voices that say why you can't God says, place before people what God says in His Word. They'll list us from natural sight to spiritual side. That's believinginyou.com.au. I think it's up. there. just take a photo of it or whatever. But that's free. Subscribe to that. and I just want to feed you and encourage you. God bless you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Pastor Tark. It's a privilege.